Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest this week is Dan Watson with Greater Fort Wayne. Dan, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I understand that you have been a transplant to Fort Wayne, and then you left, and then you came back. As a fellow transplant, what has your experience been like living in the Summit City, which is a strange name because we have no mountains, but it's where the River, river Summit, or at least that's what they tell me. So tell me about your experience uh, moving to Fort Wayne, moving away, and then coming back. Yeah, uh, it, so much has changed. Um, so just to start it from the beginning, I was a minor league baseball guy. I thought my ultimate role was going to be the play-by-play radio guy for the Cleveland Indians. So I uh, had a role with uh, my first internship in Daytona Beach, a Cubs affiliate down there. I uh, had a double-A gig with a uh, Nationals affiliate in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. My boss there had just come from the Fort Wayne Wizards. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, this was 2008. There was steel going up at Parkview Field. Uh, and my boss said, hey, they're building this new ballpark. They're looking to ramp up kind of their broadcasting, media relations, website, game. There might be a spot for you there. Fast forward, it's October 2008. Come over, interview with Mike Nutter. A month later, here I am. So um, took that job with the soon-to-be Tin Caps. Uh, 2009, obviously, dream season, won the the Midwest League Championship. Eventually, you, you get to the point where enough bus rides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a grind. It's 140 games, 150 days, sure. a lot of buses, a lot of uh, hotels. Most of them are fine. Yeah. Some of them not, <laughs> uh, but most of them are good. And it's still not home. It's still no, not, it's not. Yeah, it's not. as relaxing, I would yeah, imagine. It's yeah, it's three to six days out of a, out of a suitcase for your half of your summer. So yeah. it's a lot. Um, and then decided, you know what, I kind of am thinking I want to transition into kind of a marketing thing. Well, mm-hmm. you, you build up kind of that background. You're writing a lot. Yep. You're doing website stuff. You're doing some social media. And uh, so I had come out of college in Columbus, Ohio, went to Otterbein University. I think I'm wearing it right here. Um, and had worked in news radio in Columbus during college. A job there opened up. My mentor retired, moved out to LA. It was for real. They said, yeah, come on. Went down there, was covering Ohio State football, high school sports, Columbus Blue Jackets, the whole nine yards. Seven months later, nationwide cutbacks uh, at their national radio chain. And uh, it's a commonplace thing. I just, you're never ready for it. Yeah, sure. You know, even my program director, I remember I walked in and he's like, he can barely hold it together. He's almost Mm -hmm. crying himself. He Mm -hmm. just says, sorry. Yeah. Uh, So that's something. It hits you right in the mouth. Sure. Uh, so obviously you go into scramble mode. Yep. And I decided that day I'm going to make my full-time job finding a job. Yep. So all you do all day is look for jobs. Mm-hmm. I'm looking everywhere. And another out of the blue, Brotherhood Mutual, Fort mm-hmm. Wayne, Indiana. So how many years are we talking in between Fort Wayne stints at this point? Less than a year. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Pretty, Pretty quick. quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I left in August, and I was back by June. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so Brotherhood Mutual has a, uh, uh, I think it was a marketing, not assistant, a, oh, communications uh, analyst or something like that uh, was the job title. And I look back now, I had 
zero on my resume that said marketing in the title. Sure. Nothing. Sure. And that's a hard place to get into looking back on it. Sure. So I'm sitting here thinking, how in the world did I get so lucky, not only to get a job there, but within two months, mm -hmm. get in there? They take great care of their people, um, but it's it's a big change. Minor league baseball, sports journalism mm -hmm. to insurance. Yeah. You're kind of an outside cat oh, sure. in the sports world. You got to become an inside cat real quick Yeah, um, because nothing really changes there in your product unless it goes through state regulators sure. and insurance. Sure. Um, so I'm there for four-ish years. And like I said, they take really good care of you, which kind of turned into a double-edged sword. They sent me to uh, Content Marketing World. Great conference, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and they're having kind of a Q&A on stage. And they said... Uh, you know, for some of the people that are out there in marketing, not in the role that's perfect for them, but doing okay, what would you say to them? And the guy, I don't remember who it was, I wish I did, says, find what your purpose is first, then go find a job where you're working as close to that as you can. I had never really had a chance to do that after leaving sport. Sure. It's sure. scramble mode. Yeah. So I sat there and I'm flashing back to that day at, in Columbus where they say your job's no longer necessary. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to feel like that. Sure. So I'm thinking, how can I either help people not lose their job in the first place, or if they do end up unfortunately losing a job, get back into the saddle as quick as they can. Mm -hmm. So I go back and I'm working in Brotherhood and you know, it's fine. Um, a lot of writing, which is fine. That's kind of where I came from. I was writing for my local newspaper when I was in high school. Um, but I wanted to kind of branch out, do a little bit more broad of a thing, a more generalist type of uh, role, um, which I had been used to in baseball. So again, another out of the blue, here comes a LinkedIn message. Unprompted. Ellen Cutter, Greater Fort Wayne, Inc. says, hey, We've got a marketing role open here at GFW. Would you be interested? Okay, let's go in. So I go in, I talk to Ellen and the, the rest of the crew over there, and they do a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a broad you know, spectrum of things that we do over there. I said, this is, there's a lot going on here. Do you have kind of a you know, tagline, whatever, to make this simple? I said, yeah, we're building a nationally recognized economy, and we do that by growing jobs, growing wages, growing the economy. And immediately I about fell out of my chair uh, because that's, that sounds a lot like helping sure. people not lose their job yeah. or get, their, get another job quickly. Yeah. So here I am. Yeah, so some decent luck along the way, which oh my we can gosh. all use. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So let's take a step back because one of the things we, we talk about on this podcast is career path, and you've done a great job of giving us a good chunk of that. But let's talk about where you grew up and why the first passion was sports. That might sound mm. obvious, but tell us about where you grew up and how you ended up in the sports world. I am from the very far northeast corner of Ohio, Conneaut, Ohio. You go any further east, you're in Pennsylvania. Okay. You go any further north, you're in Lake Erie. Um, and I just... I grew up loving it. it mm -hmm. Baseball was the first one. Um, it was kind of that place to go have fun. Everybody's on an equal playing field, and it's where I made a lot of my friends. Yep. So um, I, I was a sports nut. I mm -hmm. think it's just as simple as that. Sure. And 
Um, went to college, broadcasting major. Um, and by the time I was done, I was doing 100 baseball games a year between college and summer league. And I was doing basketball, football. I was recording a coach's show for TV. I was doing video, audio, web, the whole thing. So it was just, it felt like the thing to do. And Cleveland has, I'm biased, some of the best sports broadcasters on the radio and uh, specifically um, of probably any place in America. Um, Tom Hamilton was the guy I grew up listening to mm -hmm. uh, with the Indians, Jim Donovan, uh, with the Browns, Joe Tate, who recently passed, uh, unfortunately, with the Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we were spoiled. And so that was kind of who I looked up to growing up, and it's kind of what I ended up wanting to do. Yeah, yeah. So um, you also have some connection to Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. and you've actually kept a little bit of that. We were talking about this before we hit record, tell us about some of the things you're doing on the side, if you will, that take you yeah. to Pittsburgh and allow you to uh, sort of leverage that passion a little bit even today. Yeah, I mean, you get out of sports and they can't get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I still do official scoring. I'm up in the press box sometimes over at Parkview Field. Um, I'm the guy deciding hitter error and that kind of stuff or maybe inputting the stats for minor league baseball for their website. Um, and I do uh, stats over at Purdue Fort Wayne you kind of get on the circuit. Like I've just this spring on an emergency basis, St. Francis has called Indiana tech has called. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing stats for any, I mean, Valpo called last weekend. Oh, wow. It was, it was yeah. nuts. Um, so yeah, but bro specifically broadcasting, a uh, friend of a friend had been doing these games in Pittsburgh. Uh, mostly actually at that point it was division two college. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they branched out. There's, they said, hey, we're going to do some high school games here in Pittsburgh. High school football in Pittsburgh is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's probably more of a Midwest thing, but especially Pittsburgh. You got some guys that have come out of there that are unbelievable. Sure. Um, so just have stuck with it. It's a good excuse to go over, see the family. I stay with them Thursday night. I drive down Friday night, broadcast the game on a local TV station, and then say goodbye and hightail it back across Route 30 and uh, get back home to Fort Wayne. Yeah, so so you've kind of got the best of both worlds. You've got your professional passion that you're doing with Greater Fort Wayne and then sort of a sideline that taps into that thing you've been interested in since childhood. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. I, I like the balance that you can have that fun thing and keep it that fun thing. Once it's over, you come home. Yeah. And it's back to family time. and You and don't do it so often that it becomes drudgery. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love chocolate ice cream. I don't <laughs> eat chocolate ice cream for three hours a night every yeah, night. Sure. So sure. it's a nice balance to have. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Greater Fort Wayne because it's a certainly a known quantity, especially if you're connected to the organization one way or another. But to a lot of people, it's a bit of a mystery. So my understanding, and I'm going to get out of the weeds very quickly and pitch it back to you, it's the organization that used to be the Fort Wayne Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. But talk to me about what the chamber does today, what your role is, and how those things intersect. So the easiest way, like I said, is to, to summarize this is we are growing jobs, we're growing wages, we're growing the economy. Well, how do we do that? Um, part of it is serving the businesses that are already here. 
like Asher. Thank you for being a member of Greater Fort Wayne, Inc. Well, you you're much. welcome. We are a proud <laughs> member of Greater Fort Wayne, Inc. Yes. Yeah, so we have some of those professional opportunities where there's leads groups. Sales professionals get together, they can share sales leads, and hopefully you can just crush those sales goals mm-hmm. uh, all the time. We've got um, networking oppor- networking events that are all over the place. Um, hopefully we can get back to doing some more in-person sure. stuff here pretty quickly. Um, we also have programs like we've got a bridge program that connects startup businesses with established businesses, corporations here in the community, so that you can get those under-resourced, a lot of times businesses, those startups, resourced. Mm-hmm. You connect them with those people that have connections throughout the business world here. So is it a mentoring program? or is It's it more- partially that, okay. and they the those startups also get full GFW Inc., Benefits. Okay. So they can go to those networking events. They have access to all those discounts and things like that um, that can help them. You know, we're, we're pretty deep already um, into the diversity, equity, inclusion mm-hmm. um, side of things. I mean, we were into that two, three years ago, and, you know, things kind of crystallized there, obviously, last year. Sure. But, you know, we've been kind of cranking on that as well, trying to make this the most inclusive community around mm-hmm. so that. As businesses try to grow, they can recruit talent from all over the country and yep. have them come here, feel comfortable, feel welcome sure. in this place and feel like they belong here. Um, so it's helping those companies in addition to, so that's kind of the, the what used to be Greater Fort Wayne Chamber of Commerce. It also used to be the economic development group for Fort Wayne and Allen County. Uh, the Alliance is what it was yep. called. So we're also out there yeah. recruiting new businesses mm-hmm. to come in. So you look down by the airport, Amazon's down there, Walmart's down there. Mm-hmm. Some of those, I mean, it is, it's crazy what's going on yeah. at the airport. There's been a billion dollars worth of investment, private investment in downtown Fort Wayne uh, since 2009-ish. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to recruit those businesses to get in here and then the existing businesses help them through the process of expanding. Since 2014, we've helped those companies grow 10,000 plus new jobs, Oh wow! which we just crossed that kind of threshold late last year. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, tying into purpose. That's a big number to look at um, and say that. So there's those two. There's also Leadership Fort Wayne has been around mm-hmm. here since, ni- th- since the 80s. Yep. Um, so that's more of the professional development. We've kind of merged into this one solid group um, over on East Main. All right. So how do you intersect with some of the other groups that have comparative complementary missions like uh, Northeast Indiana Regional Partnership, Downtown Improvement District? I know they're different organizations, but some of the questions I hear are, you know, why are there so many of these organizations and how do they all work together? So if you could explain that, Mm -hmm. um, that would clear up a lot of that confusion, I think. Right. And there is a little bit of overlap, but I think the easiest way, and if I'm if I'm mistaken, I'm sure someone will correct me uh, as soon as I get back to the office. But um, so the partnership, I think, is higher up in the sales mm-hmm. funnel. Yep. So they're out there more talking to um, those outside businesses that are thinking, hey, you know what? We, we're thinking about expanding. We need a good market to go to. Where can we go? Mm-hmm. And so once the regional partnership says, hey, think about Northeast Indiana, there's all kinds of different options within sure. Northeast Indiana. Do you want to come here, Kosciuszko, mm-hmm. DeKalb? Where do you want to go? Allen County, we're kind of the 
you know, in the middle of all of that. Sure. So if somebody picks a spot in Allen County or they're considering a spot in Allen County to move that business, that's where we kind of come in. Okay. And we can kind of close that deal. Sure. And say, here are the options as far as sites. Here are the incentives that we can potentially offer you. Uh, we also work with uh, a group called the Indian Economic Development Corporation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, they kind of handle the state level yeah. uh, incentives. So. The regional partnership brings them in, gets them into the funnel. We kind of get them the rest of the way through. Got it. Okay. Um, downtown Fort Wayne, you know, they are all about kind of beautifying downtown Fort Wayne. What we kind of work hand in hand with them is, I remember my first week, second week in the office, they said, hey, uh, we've got this uh, riverfront development mm-hmm. that we've kind of got in the works. Could you guys help us get that the rest of the way through the process? <laughs> And so that was my first advocacy campaign was to rally folks, businesses in particular, behind riverfront development. Because mm-hmm. right now, when you this is getting off track, right now <laughs> this whole this whole podcast is off track. Great, then I'm in the right place. <laughs> I should, it should be called off track with Asher Agency. Right. Yeah. So 20 years ago, I th- and again, I'm sure people could correct me on this if I'm wrong. 20 years ago. The first thing a business asked was, is it cheap to, to, to come do business mm-hmm. there? Yeah. That's still important. But what's mm-hmm. more important is, can I as a business recruit the talent I need to grow this business here? Mm-hmm. And for us, part of our job is to be able to say yes. Mm-hmm. So Riverfront Development, Promenade yeah. Park, Parkview Field, The Landing, Electric Works, all that stuff helps us say yes. Yeah. We can get that talent here and we can keep them happy here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I remember I moved here in 94. And one of the first questions I asked, I actually moved to Fort Wayne proper in around 99, 2000. And one of the first questions I asked is, why did this city turn its back on the river? It's one mm-hmm. you know major natural resource and nothing really is connected to it. And it was one of those things, I'm not usually that you know prescient, but it happened to be objectivity. And there were good reasons for it because of how industry used rivers, but it's great to see that literally turned around and have so much development that makes it just a great place to live. It's incredible. I mean, I look and you use the example of the riverfront. I use the example of you know the skyline from Parkview Field. You look out at that block, mm-hmm. none of that was yeah. here 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. And so now it's kind of, well, what do we have going for us that mm-hmm. not a lot of other cities do? The rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, between Promenade Park, the next phases of riverfront development, which are designed to bring in private investment. Yep. Um, and then also, I think it's underrated what's happening with public utilities. The Deep Rock Tunnel is going to help us clean that river up mm-hmm. even more. Yeah. Uh, I think it gets a bad rap as it is, but sure. undeservedly. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the reputation is just going to get even better once that kind of stuff sure. gets through. Um, but yeah, you've got this river that you can do things with. We've got the ability now to do that, and we're doing it. So yep. it's just adding more, I guess, sales chips yeah. um, to say, we've got all this why wouldn't you bring your business to Fort Wayne? Because we can get those people here 
and keep them here and keep them happy. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about your team. How many employees altogether at Greater Fort Wayne and and the marketing group? Mm-hmm. And there's some there might be some people who have dual roles, but what does that look like in terms of total employees and the team you work most directly with? I think we run leaner than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have 20 on okay. the entire uh, staff, mm-hmm. and two of us are marketing. Okay. So it's me and uh, our creative director is Colin Madden, incredibly talented. We we stole him out of uh, Huntington University. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been with us for four years. I've been there for almost four years, and mm-hmm. we just we work we work really well with each other. Yeah. And so, um, it's it's a tricky thing though to balance all the the sure. economic development, the chamber, the the leadership development. It's a lot going on. Oh sure, sure. So let's talk about some of the projects that are on your plate um, right now. Some of the big stuff you're working on, to the extent that you can mm-hmm. share uh, those those details. But what are the things that are either keeping you up at night or getting you excited, or maybe a little bit of both? Uh, I think there's a lot more that you get excited about because you know we talk about the talent side. The numbers are getting better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we this is going to get real nerdy and into the weeds about. Uh, census numbers, but... Nerdy is another thing we specialize in on this podcast. Perfect. So, yes. Uh, So, net domestic migration measures Mm -hmm. how many people are moving away from your community to Mm -hmm. other U.S. communities and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, we were negative forever Mm -hmm. from the time the census started tracking that until 2017. We had never had a positive net Mm -hmm. domestic migration number. Mm -hmm. 2017, we had, I think, plus 80 which we were doing backflips. Yeah, for sure. The following year, we had, I think, plus 600, 2018. 2019, which is the most recent year we have numbers for, plus 1,492. Mm-hmm. So we went from negative 1,000 yeah. to plus 1,500. Mm-hmm. So that talent thing is starting to work. Now, um, sorry, I'll get back to the question. Yeah, no, totally fine. Um, so the projects that get me fired up are the ones where you can see results right away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a, a slower, you know, slower moving trend, maybe a lagging trend, the, yeah. the talent stuff. But, you know, every once in a while, like I'll give you the example of last year, we had a company that was considering us and they were also considering Oakland, California mm-hmm. for an expansion, big yeah. expansion. Yeah. But this company was based overseas. Mm-hmm. Our country at that point, not being a place to travel, mm-hmm. especially from outside the U.S., we had to figure out a way to show them what was good about this community, what is good about their location um, quickly mm-hmm. um, from afar. So one of the things I've done, I, I have my uh, FAA drone license, yeah. which is probably the nerdiest thing about me. <laughs> um, so I went over, did some drone shots of like video of um, the current site because these people... They haven't actually been here. They recently purchased this place in Fort Wayne. Yeah. So they're making a big decision yes. without having physically been on the property. Yes. Yeah. So um, th- we put together a video uh, specifically to that site. We talked about some of the surrounding properties that they could potentially purchase mm-hmm. um, for this expansion and build out. Um and then we put it together with the video, kind of our vision video. Mm-hmm. That's here's all of the uh, all the positive aspects of Fort Wayne Allen County. Mm-hmm. Bring your business here. Mm-hmm. Packaged it all up, sent it off, and wasn't long later they announced that they are uh, going to do the expansion here. 
I think I can say, yeah, th- th- this is through the approvals and everything. Uh, yeah. So Edie's dryers okay. over on, uh, uh, that's Well Street. Yep. Uh, so they're doing like, I don't know, $40 million expansion mm-hmm. up on Well Street. So to have played even a small role in that, yeah, it's like, dang, I used to talk to myself on the radio about baseball for three hours a night, <laughs> which is fun. And, yeah. you know, you can, you can brighten people's yeah. lives that way, but yeah. this is cool too. Um, Not a lot of eight-figure deals other than right. you know, some contracts up the ladder. Yeah, maybe the guys you're talking yeah. about yeah. down on the field. Yeah. Um, also, you know, uh, Made by Me is a big one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about that one. So one thing that companies are dealing with right now, especially yeah. in the skilled trades, yeah. they're not getting enough help. Like yeah. People are retiring, and we're not bringing enough new people in. Uh, from the schools, yeah. like from students. Well, if I can take a minute to brag, Asher actually was involved in the original concept of Made by Me. Yes. Um, and it's in part because of the work we've done over the years with Ivy Tech Community College and helping fill the gap, this considerable gap that exists between employer, employer needs for folks who have those skills and the lack of folks going into those those careers. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we have... and. Full hats off to you, the coalition that has come together and kind of like, they just bootstrapped it. Like mm-hmm. there was, you know, they got help from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fairly decentralized though. Like uh, people were kind of holding that together. They said, GFW, could you take this over? This mm-hmm. is a major challenge yeah. for our business community right now. If we're going to build all this stuff, we need somebody to swing those hammers. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, we went out, uh, to the career Academy mm-hmm. and so we've done some PSAs. We're looking at all these opportunities on how do we go out and get these students to realize these are great careers. Yeah. It's not a fallback. Mm-hmm. This is something that you can aspire to and be proud of. Yep. And this is a market by the way, that you can stay in and have a, a, a good life with that as your career. So that kind of stuff gets me fired up. A lot of it's because it's cool to watch. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. The visuals there are awesome. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, I think the, the conversation is changing. I went to college at a time when, you know, it was really two paths. It was either you go to college, get a four-year degree, and move into a career, or you don't and you move into what's considered a lesser career. And I think people are coming around to the fact that there's infinite number of options. You know, I, I am a proud English major, liberal arts grad, but I do know for sure, no offense to my, my fellow English majors, but the world needs plumbers in some respects as much as, and sometimes more than, it needs more English majors. We need both, but there are some real great opportunities because of supply and demand in some of those areas that require a two-year degree or a short-term certificate and they those careers haven't been promoted perhaps enough. Right. Yeah, you know, you get the kind of dirty jobs or it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's the thing that you do instead of going to college. Well, yeah. why, why can't we make these into things? That, these are essential workers. Yeah. Like Yeah. You don't think these are important jobs? Why don't you just wait until, you know, you have a pipe burst in your house? Sure. Then we'll find out. Sure. Well, and it's, you know, I I bemoaned when I was writing research papers in college, but that I could eventually do. (laughs) 
<laughs> Installing a garbage disposal right. is not something I'm built to do. So kudos to folks who right. have those skills and who train for those skills, because like you said, until you need it, you don't realize how right. important it is. And it takes all kinds. I yeah. think that's the message is we and, need everybody. And, and you can earn a great living. A, a former neighbor of mine who's a great guy, hello, Johnny Seifer, if you're listening in, um, is in HVAC and is making a great living, works hard, mm-hmm. um, but is making a great living because there's so much demand for people who can do that work and has really built a great career that's a different path than I took, but he's doing really well for himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think there's also, there's an, a sense of accomplishment with marketing, of course, but yeah. there's maybe a similar but a little different one with the skilled trades. You can look at a building and say, I did that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So there's there's a certain amount there where, you know, there, there's a, a point of pride there too that, yeah. that I, it's tough to match elsewhere. Sure. So you've got the the project, the big project that is net domestic migration, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. that term yep. correctly. You've got made by me. What else are some of the major things you're working on? Onboard Fort Wayne is kind of the next frontier. Okay. And this is a program. So obviously people know you go to your job, you get a new one, um, and they onboard you to your job. Yep. Here's where the coffee machine is. Yep. Here's where the restrooms sure. are. Here's what the benefits package is, et cetera. We'll leave that to the experts there in HR. Mm -hmm. Our role with Onboard Fort Wayne is to take, to kind of grab you at five o'clock and say, we're here to onboard you to this community. Mm -hmm. So you're happy outside of your nine to five Mm -hmm. or whatever those hours are. Yeah, for sure. Because it's great if a company can recruit somebody from somewhere else, Chicago, wherever. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing to take that next step and help them with retention Mm -hmm. and say, you know, we're going to help you because it costs money to have turnover. Turnover is costly. Absolutely. So how am I going to recruit this great talent, but also how am I going to keep these people happy and their family, by the way? Yeah, for sure. That's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the old saying, if mom isn't happy, nobody's happy. Yeah, well, I, I spent just a very small portion of my career working for an organization that did economic development. And the the through line was recruiting the CEO is one thing, recruiting his or her spouse is actually harder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got that piece of it. If, if the family isn't happy, that CEO may decide they've made the wrong decision right. and move elsewhere. Yeah. Right. And actually, I think it's uh, this Thursday, they have an event. So what they do is um, there are events where you can go meet fellow newcomers. You can talk to, you know, people who are, on our staff at GFW, mm-hmm. they'll tell you kind of the lowdown of what's going on in this community. Uh, there's also community connectors mm-hmm. who are people who have raised their hand and said, I want to be that kind of concierge mm-hmm. who can answer those one-on-one questions. Where can I get daycare for my three-year-old? Yeah. Where is the best hamburger in town? Mm-hmm. Where's the best vegan place in town? Mm-hmm. Those folks who kind of have some of those mutual interests as the newcomers who can kind of be your first friend here in town so you can figure out which way is up with someone who's helpful. Yeah, yeah, that's a great program. And if you ever need folks to speak well of our trail system, I'd love <laughs> to help with that. That's my plug for Fort Wayne Trails. But, uh, you know, and and what I always say about and just, just use that as an example of an amenity is 
it's the hardest thing is getting people familiar. Once they're familiar, they'll go back, whether it's to the trails or to a restaurant or to, you know, a destination. But it's really get it's really difficult to get people to take that first step. So kudos to Greater Fort Wayne for helping make that a little easier. And then the third kind of leg of that stool is the online resources. So if you are a member of Greater Fort Wayne Inc. Mm-hmm. and you are, let's say, a restaurant, you're on the list. Yep. So like we say, if maybe you don't have your community connector on the phone or on text right this minute, mm-hmm. hop on that webpage. We'll help you with some, you know, uh, deliciously uh, descriptive, you know, blurbs about these places or, you know, some of the service providers here in town. Um, just basically to help you figure out how to build a life that you love here. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole the whole thing uh, for Onboard Fort Wayne so that businesses can retain their talent uh, that helps them grow. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's a great initiative. Really love it. Um, what else? Anything else? Are those the big ones? That Those are the that's big enough. ones. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> sure, that's a ton. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could yeah. go all day. How long we got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the great things about this is it has no format, but you probably have people you need to get home to. So. That's right. <laughs> well, with that in mind, let's go to the speed round of the program, which mm-hmm. is where I ask you similar questions. I'm actually going to take a little bit of a different turn. And this one, the first one, I think you've answered somewhat but maybe give me another piece of advice. You've talked you know, in a really articulate way about the idea of figuring out your purpose and finding something that is representative of that or at least close to it. What other advice would you give folks from a career path standpoint? You know, you've had an interesting career. You've changed careers. You've mm. changed communities. You're still you know, involved in some of the aspects of your original career path, but have taken on a new one, have had some luck along the way. A lot of luck. You know, you spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff. So what's some other advice you would give to people in terms of building a career path and having fulfillment and success in their career? I just say never stop learning. There, You will never know too much. Obviously, this is a field that's constantly evolving anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, try everything. Yeah. And be a great learner. Yeah. So that, you know, if somebody asks you, hey, you ever done this? You can say, yeah, I've done a little bit. Yeah. I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. And then you figure it out. Man, I figured, I have had no training in building a website. Yeah. But I built the Tin Caps website. Okay. And they still, I can, I still see some of that, a little remnant (laughs) of it. Yeah. Still there 12 years later. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, just always try everything and be a great learner. Yeah. Well, it's one of the sneaky reasons why I do this podcast is to learn from really smart marketers. <laughs> you know, when they mention a term that I've never heard of, I put it in my memory bank and then go look it up after the show. Like net so, domestic migration. That's You're right. Doing great. That's right. That just rolls off the top. Right. <laughs> so the second quick question, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll spin it a different way because you've done a great job of succinctly describing Greater Fort Wayne. What do you think is the biggest misconception about your organization? Oh. And what do you really want people to know? Oh, uh, probably the main one is that we are the city of Fort Wayne government. We are not. We Mm -hmm. have a Mm fee-for-service contract with the city to do economic development uh, as the service. Yep. Um, And so that's kind of how we attract businesses, and and that's how that deal works. Um, I guess what what else I would say is we're a membership-based organization. Mm-hmm. So if you got a business and you care about this community, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. I, again, Asher, thank you again for, for being a member. But um, that's something that keeps us going, allows us to do what we do. Um, 
so yeah, if you've got a business and you want to help make this the best community it can be, and th- there's some altruism there, but you know that that's it's good for you as a business as well. Sure. So Dan, if if somebody wanted to learn about the benefits of membership, where would they go to find that information? Thank you for asking. <laughs> GFWINC.com and maybe GFWINC.com slash chamber. I'm sure you'll get there. Chamber membership is kind of uh, the place to go on the webpage. Excellent. All right. Last question. And this seems like one you're kind of built to answer. One of the things that we have discussed on this podcast, because it was sort of a child of the pandemic, um, it became a great time to try new stuff. And thanks to people who are great on the technical end, like Nick, we were able to do it because I am useless on the technical (laughs) end. But um, one of the things we decided we would do is get some advice from folks who work in marketing about resilience and optimism and all those good things. You've been someone who's been, you know, displaced from a job and have, you know, done a great job of quickly recovering from that. Um, What would you say to someone who's maybe struggling with job loss, struggling with some of the negatives that come with the times we're in? What might you say to someone to give them a little bit of optimism to get them to see that there are brighter days ahead, hopefully here soon. What are some of the things that are on your mind that people might like to hear along those lines? One thing I'd say is, um, you know, I am clearly evidence that if you try, <laughs> you got to be relentless at getting that job. Like I said, I made, when I got laid off, I made getting my next job my full-time job. It was easy for me because you know, I was single, no kids, mm-hmm. the whole thing. So that's one thing. Second thing is keep that faith that you will, you will end up in the place you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, I feel like I have, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a lucky one. Yeah. So keep that faith that things will work out yep. and don't stop working until you, you're there. Yep. Um, yeah. I well, was, well, the more the harder the old saying is the harder you work, the more luck you have. So that could be part of it too. Uh, man, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one of the things. Like you asked earlier about sports, man. That was, I was kind of that guy that that would not be outworked. That mm-hmm. was kind of how I, uh, I, you know, I probably played baseball longer than I should have because I was a guy that was just out hustling people. Yeah. Um, and taking longer rounds of batting practice. Um, so, yeah, be that person that. Uh, you work so dang hard, they can't tell you no. Yeah, yeah. So one last question for you, and this is out of the blue, but for the sports fans who listen to this podcast, who's your favorite athlete and what makes oh, that person man. stand out? Oh, geez. Um, I, you know what? I almost want to go with one of my old Tin Caps guys, but nobody, you know, some of those guys didn't make it to the big leagues. Yeah, sure. Um, man. Hayden Beard is an Australian guy who is Australian in every sense of the word, except he loved country music. (laughs) So Trace Adkins is his guy in country music. Um, And so he, you know, he loved country music. He wore board shorts to the ballpark and Uh people would ask him, well, why are you wearing your swim trunks? (laughs) Which he resented quite a bit. Um, Yeah. You know, I... um, I like Francisco Lindor. I know he left the Cleveland Indians mm-hmm. to go to the Mets, but yeah. always playing with a smile on his face. He he brings so many different things to the game. Mike Trout's another guy. I actually got to broadcast his game one time. Nice. Um, one of the best in uh, in baseball there. Um, yeah, there, there's so many good guys. I think what I would say is instead of saying one favorite guy, I would tell the people out there, there are so many 
good people in sports. You hear about the bad ones, I think, more than mm-hmm. um, maybe more than the good ones, but they're they're usually just down to earth, good people that happen to be freakishly good at sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for indulging me in that question that came out of nowhere. <laughs> we were doing so well up until I threw your curveball. So let me think. Maybe once we get off air, we'll have to, we'll have to start the camera back up. Yeah, and we can drop it in and yeah. make a quick edit. Well, Dan, thank you very much. And thank you for having a really great radio voice, by the way. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, four years of college. I, I hope I got something out of that. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest. And we hope you will join us then.